helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. Albert Einstein famously is claimed to have said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. By that definition, America's leadership is insane. We watch while elected office holders follow the same policies claiming this time it will be different. So far, we have not done anything about federal spending and deficit. We keep hearing calls for the same policies to deal with gun violence, even when those policies have failed to work in the past. History shows us the best way to decrease crime is to punish it, yet we still have policies to do the exact opposite. There are plenty more, but there's another group we have to consider. How can you tell when a politician is lying? Yep, their lips are moving. Yet for decades, the American people have knowingly hired liars, cheats, and thieves, yet they still seem to think that this time it will be different. So who is driving this insanity? The insane policymakers or the insane people who keep hiring them? Hello there, everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study, where we read and study the Constitution, teach the rising generation to be free. I'm so glad you could join me today. You know, sometimes I keep thinking of the movie. It's a mad, 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 mad world. It's like we're living in an insane asylum. And, uh, well, let's just say the, um, the convicts are running the asylum because it seems like we keep making the same mistakes over and over and over again. And we never seem to, le- to learn our lesson. I mean, a perfect example of that is, you know, we've got another continuing resolution because Congress is so dysfunctional that it cannot pass a budget, it cannot pass a, uh, a, a appropriations bills, at least not all of them. It runs on this, you know, emergency everything. It's like the only way it runs is it is in emergency mode. It, it, it's like it won't do anything unless it's, its hair is on fire. Again, I believe this is easily explained if we go back to George Washington and his understanding that the alternate domination of one faction over another, sharpened by the spirit of revenge, natural to party dissension, is its own frightful despotism. Yeah. This is the logical outcome of the uh, elevation of political parties and the empowering of political parties. And now you have people in government that, uh, you know, they won't lose their job if they fiscally mismanage the, the, the government. They won't lose their job if they break the law. In fact, in most cases, there's little that will actually get them to lose their job, but... Um, the idea of going against the, the party leadership, that'll get him fired. Who was the guy? He was a pre, he was a mayor of D.C., was tried, convicted, went to jail, came back, and then was hired again, elected again to be the mayor of D.C. We keep doing the same thing over and over again. And we keep thinking, this time, this time it will be different. Sadly, one of the places we see this is the, um, well, it, it, ha- it revolves around the gun confiscation movement. 
I know they call themselves a gun safety movement, but they're not interested in gun safety. They're interested in gun confiscation. That's the effect of what they are calling for. Now, two years ago, you had the mass murder at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas. Two years later, the Department of Justice released a report. Now, I'm still trying to figure out why it's the the U.S. Department of Justice. This was murder in the state of Texas. It's not a federal crime. No, it's not a federal. I don't care what Congress says. It's not a federal crime because the Constitution doesn't authorize the federal government to uh, to regulate such crimes um, within the states. You couldn't even claim it was interstate crime because, well, it was all within the state of Texas. Nonetheless, our bureaucrats in D.C. at the Department of Justice, they did what bureaucrats did, and, did, and they released a report. A 575-page report. Talk about verbal diarrhea. And what came out of this this tome of, of supposed knowledge from the Department of Justice? Pretty much everything we already knew. Everything we knew pretty much from the beginning. The police in Uvalde, Texas, screwed it. Screwed up badly. They waited outside for, what, something like 75 minutes while murder was happening inside that school. Now, compare that to the mass murder in Nashville last year, where police showed up in minutes and immediately entered the school searching for the shooter. 75 minutes waiting outside, immediately going and shooting for the shooter, and compare those two. They, uh, uh, the, 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 you, you look at, um, in Uvalde, people were willing, parents were willing to enter the danger zone to save their children. They were stopped by police. Police prevented people from going in and trying to put a stop to this. We're in Nashville. We didn't need that. The police went right in. But there's another thing we noticed about the Justice Department report. See, the Justice Department is political. Why? It's a Understand, the top echelon of the Justice Department are all political appointees. They are all political appointees, which means they have a political agenda that they want to target. And we can see that because, guess what? The Justice Department focused a lot on the AR-15-type rifle used in Uvalde. Um, Remember Nashville, the Nashville shooter? The Nashville murderer? Yeah, she used an AR-15-style rifle as well. So the difference, it wasn't a question of which weapon was used. It was you had two instances of disturbed people. It's how the police reacted to it. And we knew that a year and a half ago. We knew that almost the day it happened. But no, we had to spend all this time for the, the bureaucrats in Washington to say, yep, yep, the police screwed up. Now, I want you to keep in mind those two murders and consider one other point. Firearms are banned in most schools. In Uvalde, there were no, nobody was armed within the school, meaning they were completely dependent on the police to protect them. 
They were not allowed to defend themselves. They were completely dependent on government actors. And in Uvalde, they failed miserably. Now, the in, in Nashville, I also believe that, that firearms were not allowed. But in this time, meaning they were still dependent on the police, it's just in Nashville, the police did a better job. What's interesting, though, is uh, as parts of the, the Nashville murderers' uh, uh, manifesto has become available, it's quite obvious that the murderer, the killer, considered two different public schools. But because the security at one was greater she decided to go to the one with less security. So what does that tell us? Well, if we were relatively intelligent people, we would say, hmm, places with more security are less likely to be targets of uh, mass murders. Not prevent them, less likely. Second, in the horrible event that something like that happens, you need people locally to defend yourself. And yes, they need firearms. Why? Because the firearm, what was it? Uh, uh, there was a saying, God made men, Samuel Colt made them equal. Firearms are equalizers. It doesn't matter if you're dealing with a, you know, if you're a five foot nothing, 75 pound woman against a 250 pound linebacker, six foot three, all muscles, a firearm balances the odds instantly. So, yes, there are now, I believe, 20 states that actually allow teachers and staff to carry handguns concealed. And Uvalde, to me, is the perfect example of why that should be. We don't, I'm not saying they should be forced to. They should be allowed to for a very simple reason. They are there. The police are not the first responders. The people there are the first responders. I have nothing against police and law enforcement. But the fact is, when seconds matter, you are minutes away, if you're lucky. Now, I actually go a step farther and say, hey, if you can legally carry a firearm, why should you give up your right to defend yourself simply because you enter school grounds? It's like states that, that, that ban carrying of firearms on, in churches or, or, or houses of worship. Well, that's stupid. You basically are making them targets. How long does it take for the police to respond? How long does, that, does a murderer have before somebody with, with lethal force is there to deter them? So, of course, not to be outdone, taking this opportunity to, you know, oh, you know, Jill and I went to Uvalde and, oh, of course, Joe Biden has to provide his own ridiculous, stupid, tried and failed um, uh, program to deprive you of your right to keep and bear arm. Now, according to Joe Biden, he says, well, in, in light of this, this report, we should have universal background checks, meaning that all private transfers require a background check except the Uvalde murderer, uh, didn't obtain their gun through a private transfer. They, they actually passed a federal background check. I'm not sure about the, the, the Nashville. I don't remember. But if you look at it, most of the, the, the mass murders I can think of, the perpetrator either passed a background check 
or stole the firearms. Guess what? Excuse me, I'm going to rob you of your gun, but can we go and do a background check first? And again, I don't know of any mass murder, mass shooting in this century, probably in the last century, where a universal background check would have stopped the, the perpetrator. But you see, that doesn't matter because we're not looking for things to actually work. The, it, it, it brings up a fundamental question. What is the goal? It's either one or two things here. Either these people are stupid. And by that, I mean the Friedrich Bonhoeffer stupid, where facts and data won't change their mind. Or they have a different agenda. And the agenda is not keeping people safe. And of course, next on the list is the infamous red flag laws. Uh, this is a myth. See, all 50 states have what are called civil commitment laws. And they would allow for the confiscation of firearms and other deadly weapons. However, whereas red flag laws violate due process, civil commitment laws or, or, uh, have, require an, a mental health evaluation. In other words, I can't simply say that my neighbor is crazy and has guns. They have to have an evaluation to see, are they crazy? It requires a legal process. In other words, due process is, is remained. And therefore, it's less likely to be used to deprive someone of their firearms without um, unconstitutionally, right? Without do, with, with, for unreasonably. But there's more. See, a mental health uh, evaluation, a civil commitment, means the person is found to be dangerous. Let's deal with the dangerous person. A red flag law says, we think this person is dangerous. Let's not deal with the person. Let's simply take away their guns. Not their knives, not their, their vehicles, not uh, uh, bottles of alcohol for Molotov cocktails. No, 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 nothing that we don't care about the person. Red flag laws only care about the guns. And then, of course, you, get, you have to have the assault weapons ban, right? Because black weapons are scary. And while every time an, an AR-15 or other uh, similar style weapon is used, um, they focus, oh, see, these are, too these are weapons of war. They are no such thing. They're too dangerous to be on the streets. Um, you ever count the number of times these weapons are used to stop a crime? So I remember there was, I think it was in, was it in Dallas or was it in Nashville? There was, there was a, an, an assault at a, uh, at a, I think it was at a church, and a neighbor heard this gunfire, came out with his AR-15, and chased the bad guy away. And for those of you who remember the infamous Clinton assault weapons ban, um, according to a 1997 report from the National Institute of Justice, the evidence is not strong enough for us to conclude there was any meaningful effect. Yet they're still calling for an assault weapons ban. See, that's what I mean. That, that, that's insane. That's the definition of insanity, according to Albert Einstein. We'll do the same thing over and over again, even though it has yet to work. We're go it's going to be different this time. And the people who are trying to, who are promoting these policies are insane. Or they have a different agenda. See, personally, I think they have a different agenda. I don't think they're crazy. I don't think they're stupid. I think they're devious. See, they claim we want to keep people safe. We want to keep kids safe. What they really want is a disarmed populace. Now, why would these Marxist tyrant leaders want a disarmed populace? 
Well, I believe Noah Webster got it right when he said, before a standing army can rule, the people must be disarmed. By the way, that was the very premise of the, uh, the British being sent to Lexington and Concord, is to disarm the colonists so they would be more willing to accept the rules and regulations and tyranny of Great Britain. Now, I have more to get to, but I've got to take a break, um, and I don't want to get interrupted in the middle. Before I go, though, um, how are you doing at keeping well? I mean, it is cold and flu season. Are, are you getting the sniffles? Are you feeling okay? Well, if you don't want to get sick, one of the best things you can do is support your immune system. But how? Well, I got one that works. It's a simple product called Healthy Cells Immune Super Boost. It contains over a dozen supplements in a single travel-ready gel pack designed to boost your immune system. I take these when I travel especially, and I throw them in my bag. Or if I'm home, I'm starting to feel sick, I take one of them. Now, as an America Out Loud listener, you can get 25% off your first order from Healthy Cell. It can include Immune Super Booster or, or any of their products. You can find all the details at americaoutloud.shop. But if you want to avoid getting sick, make sure you take care of yourself. That includes getting the Immune Super Boost from Healthy Cell. And make sure you check out americaoutloud.shop to find out how to get 25% off your first order. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Today's high-stress, on-the-go lifestyle makes it hard to stay heart-healthy. Lifestyle changes like exercise and diet are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support three aspects of heart health, cholesterol, blood pressure, and triglycerides, with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill, it's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients. You would need to take 13 pills to get the same amount of nutrients in each gel pack. And these great-tasting gels come in a small packet. Tear off the top, shoot it down, or mix it in water. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 25% off. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. 
natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You've rejoined the Constitution study where we read instead of the Constitution, teach rising generation to be free. And taking, today we're talking about insane America. Yes, this place is nuts. I, the first segment I talked about uh, uh, the report on the Uvalde shooting and the, the again, the, the attempt simply to retry, re, reinstate the same failed policies that deal don't deal with the actual problem of violence or with people with issues, they're just trying to confiscate the guns. Well, here's another example of policies have been shown not to work, but we're just doubling down and doing it over again. A recent CBO report showed that, uh, among other things, the Biden administration has used a parole loophole to release approximately 6.2 million illegal aliens into the U.S. Now, here's as, as I understand it. Let me summarize. There's a, a provision in the law for humanitarian parole. There were certain situations, certain countries where um, things were so bad that rather than setting up uh, uh, you know, a long process of asylum, they could be temporarily paroled in the U.S. Um, in order to, you know, to await their, um, their hearings to see if they would get asylum. In other words, we said, okay, you broke the law to get here, but we're gonna let you, we're gonna let you stay, and 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 not to face punishment until you've had your day in court. Okay, the problem, and, and again, as 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 it was originally intended, I don't so much have a problem with that. You're dealing with it's designed to deal with specific humanitarian situations. The problem is, the Biden administration basically said, uh, yeah, we're going to open up to parole everybody we can. Any, anything we can, we can in any way, shape, or form um, call a humanitarian situation, it may simply be there's no jobs or there are, um, uh, you know, the, the, the law is not properly enforced in our country. So we have 6.2 million illegal aliens in the U.S. because of this. Now, this has caused, not only has this caused a lot, look, look at what um, Mayor Adams in D.C. is saying, or, or the, in Chicago, or these other cities in these states where they're getting overwhelmed with these illegal aliens and, and, and parolees. And they're saying, we can't help, we, we, can't, we just can't deal with this anymore. But the policy is still in place. We're still using this policy. Uh, according to the CBO report, in 2023 alone, 900,000, 900,000 aliens, well, they say migrants, uh, were released after they walked up to an official border. And then 1.1 million migrants were released after they crossed through gaps in the border. So you're talking 2 million people, they call them migrants, they're actually aliens. Um, have crossed into this country, uh, less than half of them, in, in an attempt to be legal, right? They walked up to a border gate and they asked for asylum and were let in. Now, roughly half of those 1.1 million migrants that crossed the border illegally were given parole 
by, by, by uh, Customs and Border Patrol. And that doesn't include the 860,000 known gotaways, right? people that, that were, we know they'd cross, we, they were observed crossing the border, but they weren't caught. Yet we're still seeing, oh no, we've got to do more. We, we've got to do these same things over and over again. In fact, the, um, the administration says, we will not negotiate on doing anything about the border unless you give us money for Ukraine. You have the federal government, the Biden administration, that refuses to enforce the federal law regarding the border that is suing the state of Texas for simply guarding their own border, which the federal government has refused to do, for simply enforcing the laws that the Biden administration refuses to. Now, the Biden administration, they're the current administration. They're the one currently doing this, but... um. This has gone back. I remember all the way back to Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan's the first president I was old enough to vote for. And uh, even he said, oh, no, we'll, we'll give amnesty to the, um, what was it, two million, America, 2 million aliens that are here illegally, and then we'll be done. It'll all be said and done. It'll all be fixed, except nobody's actually enforced the laws. Do the laws need to be fixed? Yes. Does that give you the justification to simply ignore the laws, not because they're unconstitutional, but because you don't like them? No. And while we're speaking of, on illegal aliens, Mayor Adams gave his State of the City address, and during which he, he said uh, uh, he, he wanted to support using city resources to help what he refers to as illegal immigrants, e even though he's complaining he's run out of money. And, and he can't provide services. And, and he's begged the federal government for money. He says, the federal government must step up and step in. This is a national crisis that calls for a national solution. It is time for the federal government to deal with the federal crisis and make sure we give them the, the opportunity, let them work. Oh, I see. You break the law to get in this country, but we, we're going we're gonna to give you the, you, you get to work here. Meanwhile, you have untold numbers of people who came here legally who are not allowed to work, or who are restricted in their work, or almost conscripted in their work. There are certain visas. I used to deal with these when I was in IT, where somebody could come to this country, they get a visa to work, but they had to have a, a company sponsor them. And if they, they lost their job, they were deported. So imagine you come here to work for, uh, oh, I don't know, AT&T. Let's say you get a job, you know, you're, 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 you're a a foreigner, you get a visa to come, you know, to, co to come to the United States. It's sponsored by AT and T, so you're working for AT and T. You get offered a job by Verizon, better job, better pay, better opportunities. But if you take it, you lose your visa to stay in the United States. You have to hope that visa that Verizon will now sponsor your your visa. Otherwise, you cannot take the job. So yeah, there are issues with our system. But here you have the, the city of New York complaining it is broken and all we really want is the federal government to say, okay, yeah, that you broke the law, but we're going to pretend it never happened. But I want to ask Mayor Adams, okay, so if simply calling yourself a sanctuary city has drawn tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, I don't know how many people to the city of New York and you're drowning in all of these, some, they were reporting like 500 people a day come to the, the city looking for, for the assistance that they were promised. 
that the mayor of New York City promised, if you show up, we'll give you food, we'll give you shelter. 500 people a day. What do you think happens if suddenly the, the federal government says, yeah, you know what? Um, yeah, you can work, which means maybe once you get here and you start working and you can work your way off of, of uh, these, these welfare systems, how many more people do you think are going to show up to New York City then? Hey, I can go to New York City and I can be taken care of until I find a job. Think about that for just a, just a second. You're talking about the city where they actually closed down a school because they had uh, migrants in a tent city where the weather was so bad it wasn't safe for them to be outside. So they shut down school to house these, these, these aliens. As a humanitarian move, I understand it. But what you're seeing is we have a problem with our policy. And that policy is, getting, is going to get people killed. But rather than saying, let's reevaluate our policy and see if there's something. No, no, we're just going to keep doing it. And we'll expect the government to, to fix the problem. The very same government that has refused to fix this problem for decades. And again, here we, again, still in New York City, you have a city that's running deficits because it cannot afford the promises it has made to illegal aliens. Well, Mayor Adams made another announcement. Um, the city plans to buy up the medical debt of roughly half a million residents. He said, one-time deal. We're going to spend, it's funny, they said they're going to spend $18 million in taxpayer funds but they say that over the next three years, but they claim it's going to cost, a, the program as a whole will buy up $2 billion in, uh, in debt. So I guess they're going to be spending you know, pennies on the dollar in order to get this debt. Now, again, I feel for people that go into debt, that have to go into debt for medical bills. I, I, I'm, I feel sorry for them. Some of them may never have had an opportunity. Some of them simply decided, you know what? I'm not going to worry about insurance because somebody will take care of it. There's a lot of different things. But I have to ask the citizens of New York City, a city where, where government services are being cut because they can't afford the other promises they've made. And now your mayor has promised a, a, a new, made a new promise? Can the city of New York afford the what whatever it is, $18 million or more that it may cost? Because let's face it, when was the last time you saw a government cost estimate that was anywhere near accurate? They always go over budget. It's practically their defining feature. But now you have, and again, I understand there are people who have gone in debt. Hey, my daughter went in, in, in debt for a period of time because of, of uh, uh, health care. Um, in large part because the really great health insurance that I used to have, I couldn't afford anymore, thanks to the Affordable Care Act, that made my insurance, my my the the insurance that was affordable unaffordable. We're gonna, but we're gonna continue these policies. And really, do you really think this is gonna be a one-time deal? I mean, let's face it: you do this once. They're going to, people are going to come back and say, well, you did it for those people. Why won't you do it for me? 
kind of the same thing we see with the the uh, student loan debt, right? There's Joe Biden. The court says, no, you can't simply decide to write off certain loan debt under certain programs without you know, without congressional authorization. He's still doing it. He's still doing it. Because once you pay off somebody's debt, somebody else says, but what about mine? And of course, they never consider the people that paid off their student loans or, or worked so that they, they wouldn't take on student loans. Ladies and gentlemen, this is just bribery. The uh, the sanctuary city, the, uh, the 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 buying up of, of medical debt, it's bribery. It's the city of New York taking the city's taxpayer dollars and bribing them with their own money, saying, "See, we're we're wonderful people. Uh, we want illegal aliens. Oh, they cause a mess. That's somebody else's problem. The federal government should be dealing with that. The fact that you invited them into your city, never take responsibility for it." Oh, we're going to bail out. We're, we're going to buy up debt from half a million residents. Really, is that the best way to go about doing it? Is it going to stop? Is it going to end? See, to me, that's the biggest problem we're dealing here is not that people try different things. I like when people try different things. It's when they are either irrational or have been shown not to work that we keep doing it over and over and over again. How many bailouts? have simply led to more bailouts. How many bailouts have actually ever been paid off? I think Chrysler paid off theirs, and I think some of the, the bailouts from the uh, the 2008 uh, uh, financial crisis got paid off. But we keep doing these same policies, and they rarely work, and we do them over and over and over again, thinking this time it'll be different. This time, if we invite aliens in, we won't get flooded with with uh, um, costs, humanitarian costs. This time, if we pay off the bills, the bills will all disappear and we won't have these problems anymore. This time it will be different. Where else have I heard that a lot? Oh yeah, the fact that Marxism on a national level has never worked. Every Marxist regime has failed. Even communist China modified their, their Maoist practices in order to survive in the modern world. This time, though, we are told it'll be different, either because the people are smarter or they're, they're better, or just this time it'll be different. Except it never is different. It's like the guy that goes to the doctor and says, hey, you know what? Every time I do this, it hurts. The doctor says, stop doing that. Well, guess what? office holders. You tell us that every time you make these promises, it hurts. Stop making the promises. You say every time we do this, you know, we're just going to do this once, people keep coming back and, off and asking for it again. Stop offering the bribes. Stop offering the gifts. And for those of you saying, oh, those poor people with medical debt, that's life. You know, an adult grows up to deal with the challenges of life. They're not always fair. They're not always you know, expected, but they happen. And smart adults make preparations to deal with the unexpected future. If the, if the people of New York City want to help out these people with medical debt, let them voluntarily donate to, to the cause. 
Let them set up a, a 501c3. Let them set up a foundation and they can donate to the foundation. They can get a tax break for the donate for the foundation and the foundation can buy up this medical debt, maybe make uh, payment options with the people who owe the debt. And I have no problem with that. I have a problem with the mayor saying, we're going to confiscate money from you to pay off these debts, whether you think it's a good idea or not. And if you really expect the people to pay, continue to pay off these debts, especially there's no there's no penalties, no no taxes, no really. You mean you're gonna pay their bills? You're not gonna you're not gonna harm them if they don't pay them back. And you actually expect? I'm sure a lot of people will pay them back because they're honest people. There's gonna be some percentage that don't. You know, I found this in other stories because every night I go through a list of headlines. I get news feeds from all different sources. Uh, I go through about 600 to 700 now. I'm that much headlines a night that I go through looking for this information. And one of the great places I go is AmericaOutloud.news. So please stop by every day to get the latest news and information. And then do like I do. Take the stories and the articles, the, the podcasts and the videos, something that says something to you, and share it. You know, th this information is knowledge, and, but knowledge is not power until it's put into action. So when you take this knowledge, this stories and the podcast and, and all of it, and you share it, when you do something with it, you're turning that knowledge into power to help secure the blessings of liberty. Well, the year 2024 must be the year of the Patriot, and AmericaOutloud.news will equip you with all the information you need to give new meaning to the words Patriot Act. For our actions always ultimately define our words. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio, Liberty and justice for all. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system becomes less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to AmericaOutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. 
Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You've rejoined the Constitution Study. Today we're talking about insanity in America, insane America. The idea of doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, is insane, according to uh, people alleged it. Albert Einstein said. And, and we've talked some of the about some examples. This is one that should surprise really no one. Um, this is a report uh, out of Fox 5 Atlanta. I actually found it on, on the New York Post website. But it talks about um, self-checkout counters. Now, I know a lot of people that complain about self-checkout counters. They, they like having somebody check them out. But And sometimes self-checkout counters are, are quick and convenient. But it seems to be the case with human nature, there will always be those that take advantage. A new survey takes a look at how many people take items without paying. According to LendingTree, about 31% of Gen Z customers have stolen items at self-checkout kiosks by not paying for them. 44% of all participants who stole don't regret it and say they would continue to steal at those kiosks if given the opportunity. 37% say they steal to save money on groceries or healthcare items. That says a lot about the economy, doesn't it? But the thefts are causing some major retailers to remove self-checkout from their stores altogether. You know, this reminds me of a quote from James Madison in Federalist 51. He said, if men were angels, no government would be necessary. If angels were to govern men, neither external nor internal controls on government would be necessary. The problem is, men aren't angels. And neither those in government or those using the the self-checkout aisle are angels. Which means we have to do something. And and again, part of the problem is, it's easy in the self-checkout lane not only to commit the crime, but to... um, Avoid uh, to avoid the consequences, to not be held accountable. Now, this links me to this whole move that we've seen in New York, in California, and in, in, in other states of not punishing criminals. I mean, was in California? I think it's a thousand dollars. You can steal a thousand dollars. You can shoplift a thousand dollars a pop, and not be punished for the crime. Can't be arrested. Can't be prosecuted. That's nuts. That is insane. Because what you, you again, you're going to end up with more crime and you end up with, um, uh, you, you end up with all the, the, all this crime because there's no consequences. I lived in New York prior to Rudy, Rudy Giuliani. I lived when, there when, well, Times Square was not a place you went with a family, when uh, you didn't go into Central Park at night. Now, maybe that's not a good idea now. But the idea was there was a lot of crime. There was graffiti on the subways, on the uh, on the walls. And Giuliani did something unique. He said, we're going to punish crime. You jump the turnstile, you get you, you get a, you get charged. You get a ticket. You, you, you break, you're caught breaking windows, you get charged. The point was you, you punish the small t- crimes because the people that commit the small crimes are most likely the ones that are going to eventually commit the big crimes. We've forgotten this. Because when Giuliani did this, crime in New York City plummeted. And he also did uh, a, a more database-driven 
policing, where you figure out where's most of the crime, that's where we need to focus our, our work. And crime went down. Times Square nowadays is a, is a walking park. But, well, it was. Now, who knows what's happening because we, they've forgotten those lessons. Now, whether it's the voluntary store that says, you know what, um, we need to take out self-checkout because our customers are robbing us. And I find it interesting that they focused on Gen Z. I'd love to see the entire report and uh, uh, some of the other demographics. I mean, it was done by LendingTree, but I don't, I don't have access to the entire, the entire report. But what happens when it's the government says, yeah, okay, you stole, we're not going to punish you. We've already heard in, in, in California where major retailers are leaving. Um, you know, the people, people were complaining, going, but the Walgreens leaving, it, it's our only local store. Well, you robbed them blind, they left. That personally, but the state, the, you know, the people in that area were robbing the store. The state refused to punish the crime. They had to leave. They, the, the, the locals are talking about the, the duty they have to the, the needy in the community. What about the duty the community has to protect the owners of the store? Well, that's happening now again because there's a, a CVS store in Washington, D.C. that's closing. Why? Well, one CVS employee uh, told a reporter that uh, old guys, young, any age, come in. They get trash bags full. They take anything, everything. Now, the store has a zero policy against shoplifting. But you see, employees are prohibited from chasing, confronting, or apprehending offenders themselves. They're not allowed to. See, they must follow the, the CVS procedure by alerting the manager who will determine how to confront the crime. Okay. But apparently the theft that's been going on is enough that the store cannot remain open. And again, this is a consequence. I, I, you know, people complain, it's like, but what about the local people? Well, many of those local people are the ones that voted for the office holders that have implemented the policy that prevents these stores from functioning. You see, if, if, if you're, let's say you're a store, I don't know how much a, 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 a CVS chain makes, I don't know what its profit margin is, but if some people are coming in, if groups of people, a number of people are coming in with trash bags, loading them up with everything, that's got to hit into the bottom line. And if you expect CVS to lose money so that you can get your, 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 your groceries or your prescriptions easier, that's not their job. And if you helped elect the people that implemented this policy that's driven the CVS store out. Now, there are other CVS stores in D.C., but they're gonna. this one is leaving because of the high crime in that area. You, in effect, end up with, uh, uh, and again, it's just not just CVS. There are restaurants and other businesses that are fleeing D.C., San Francisco, Oakland, uh, and others because of the crime. If you help put those those policies in place by who you voted for, these are the consequences of your decisions. And I'm sorry to say, maybe you need these places to close in order to recognize, hey, you know what? Not punishing theft is not good for our community. Not simply for the store, for your community.
Here's another example of, of crime not being punished leading to more crime. Only this time it's the FBI. No, they're not, they're not the ones that are um, not punishing the crime. They're the ones that are committing the crime. The FBI raided uh, some, a place called U.S. Private Vaults. This is a, a business that allows people to rent safe deposit boxes. Um, if you don't want to do it at a bank, you, you, can, you can do it at this company. And by the way, this company does it anonymously, meaning you don't have to tie it to, to a name. Well, apparently the FBI thought it was being used for crime, at least this one in, in Beverly Hills. And back in 2001, they got a search warrant to, uh, to search the boxes. Now, the search warrant stated that the agents could only open the boxes, inventory their contents, and identify the owners to return to them their property. Well, except agents brought in drug-sniffing dogs. Um, they set aside cash uh, that they intended to seize. And all the FBI searched the contents of 700 safe deposit boxes. Now, when the people who rented those boxes asked the FBI to return their property, the Bureau refused. See, they, were, they decided they're going to file for uh, forfeiture of those processes because they rented the boxes. And now the renters have sued. Well, a district court said, uh, no, FBI, you're nuts. Now, understand the, the, a, a district judge initially ruled that the government could do this because they, they made up what they call an inventory exception to the Fourth Amendment. I, I said the courts made this up. It's not in the Constitution. They simply made this up. Well, a, a circuit court looked at this and said, well, they didn't say that the inventory exception is unconstitutional. They said the FBI didn't follow the inventory exception. They changed the process. Therefore, um, it, 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 they didn't meet the requirement of the inventory exception. Now, why do I keep talking about crime? Well, again, the FBI stole money. Agents of the FBI violated their search warrant. Right? So they had a search warrant that specifically said, this is what you can do. You can open them, you can inventory them. Once they went beyond that, the FBI violated 18 U.S.C. Section 242. And actually, I would say 241, since it was a group that conspired to do this, to deprive people of their rights protected by the Constitution of the United States. Now, I plan to do a deeper dive into this case, but how often has the FBI been found criminally violating, I mean, violating the law and no one is held accountable? I don't simply mean, oh, you know, they were talking about uh, censoring um, uh, the director. No, when agents violate the law, they should be punished. But you see, they've come up with this, again, another myth, something that does not exist in the Constitution, this idea of qualified immunity. That said, if you're acting on the government's behalf, um, you have immunity from certain actions because, well, the government's sovereign and, and the sovereign can do no wrong. That's baloney. That's un that, that itself is a violation of the Constitution. And the fact that the American people don't know this, well, that's our fault for not learning about this. It's, it's put, giving people that type of power without it being checked is dangerous. Power corrupts, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Actually, power tends to corrupt, absolute power corrupts absolutely. We're giving this type of power to a government agency again, and then we're surprised when they find that they're corrupted. 
Now, I want to leave you with some good news, an example where let's not do the same thing over and over again. Let's try something different and, and if we're going to expect a different response. And this actually happens in Wisconsin. So Wisconsin instituted a, a school choice mechanism. And uh, there's an, another report coming out about how this is, has been working. Uh, according to the report, each iteration of apples to apples, that's what they call the report, has found that private schools in the choice program and many forms of charter schools outperform their traditional public school peers on a level playing field. And this year is no different. They go on to point out that uh, students in the Milwaukee Parent Choice Program showed proficiency rates in private choice schools 8.6% higher in English and language arts, 6.9% higher in math on average across the, the choice schools. Milwaukee charter, charter schools showed 6.9% and 6.5% proficiency, proficiency in uh, uh, English language arts and math, respectively. So here's what we're seeing is that, guess what? Public schools, traditional public schools, are not the best way to teach our children. There are better ways. It may include private schools, charter schools, or variations thereof. So the question is, if we want a, a, a more educated populace, a, a better educated electorate, if we want to decrease the knowledge gap for minorities, for, for African-Americans and Hispanics, the answer is not throwing more money at public schools. It's choice. It's, it's, it's allowing different people to try different things and find things that work. Because according to the report, uh, you know, if you look at low-income students, you take a, a hypothetical school that with 100% low-income students, you would expect them to be almost 50% lower in both English and math, not quite close. Well, compare that to um, a, a low-income student, a low-income school, or I should say students in low-income schools doing uh, uh, in, in these choice programs. It's more like 25% instead of 50% that are, are, are having proficiency rates lower than average. These work. I personally, I used homeschooling to teach our daughter, but then again, we weren't in a low-income neighborhood. The point is, if what you're doing doesn't work, you have a choice. You can continue doing what's not worked in the past, or you can try something new. I know it's hard. Maybe a private school is outside of your reach. Maybe a charter school is not available. Can you find what works best for you? Can you find the greatest opportunity? I guess my biggest point is don't simply accept the status quo because you don't think there's another option. There probably is. It could be scholarships. It could be state choice programs. It could be who knows what. But if you just do the same thing over and over again and you expect a different result, you're nuts. You're insane, according to Albert Einstein. And as much as we like to point at government and politicians and make that statement, you're crazy because you keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. The American people do the same thing. We are in the middle of an election, or the beginning of an election year. We will be choosing our, many of our office holders this November. How have we done so far? Take a look around and ask yourself, how have you done so far? 
Has the process you've used to evaluate who you will vote for worked well for you or not? And if the answer is not, why do it again? I evaluate people who want to who are running for election based on evidence of their faithfulness to their oath of office. It's the first question I ask. Where did you fulfill your oath to support the Constitution when it cost you something? When it wasn't just going along with the party or going along with the crowd, when it actually you had to stand up and stand against the crowd. And if the answer is up 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 I know they're not the right one. So if we want the country to be different, we have to employ different representatives, which means we have to elect people based on a different set of standards. And if you have your own ideas, go to the website, constitutionsociety.com, click the Ask a Question, propose it. I'll let people know. But I've told you my, my position. I want to know your fidelity to your oath of office. I hope you come back and join us here for the Constitution Study every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on America Out Loud Talk Radio, heard on the iHeartRadio Network. If you can't listen, then that's okay. All of my shows go to top podcasts, typically a day or two after the broadcast on Talk Radio. And you can listen with your favorite podcast app. But do me a favor, subscribe to the show. Uh, leave the individual episodes ratings and reviews, especially on Apple. You can find all the links you need at the homepage at americaoutloud.news. But as I said before, knowledge is not power until it is put into action. So help us by sharing this information, by doing something with this. You share not just the Constitution study and America Out Loud, but you share the blessings of liberty.